0: All right. Hey, good morning, church. Good to have everybody with us today. That uh, video that you just watched, that was our uh, team that uh, just went to Mexico a few uh, weeks ago and and got to serve. And, man, they came back. Uh, man, they can lay tile and hang sheetrock and mix cement, and uh, they can do a lot of those things. So if you need any house repair, just uh, holler at them. They'll, they'll hook you up. But, uh, no, they had an incredible experience, and uh, it, it was... Uh, uh, just so good to hear all the stories that came back and and the excitement they brought back with them from uh, being able to go and just be used by god to, to serve so many down there that uh, that are hurting and in need and and uh and got to go down and just share the love of Jesus uh, with them. Um, to, I, before we get going, let me just welcome our uh, Stone Canyon and Vertiger's campuses, and, and anybody online with us. And if you're a first time guest with us out there again, we're very glad that you're here today. We're gonna we kind of set uh, today aside just to talk about. Um, our outreach uh, ministry, missions ministry, uh, both uh, local and global, more global than anything, and about what God's been doing through First Church uh, uh, over the last year. And so um, I hope today will be a great blessing. Now here uh, with me is uh, Jim and Terry Riley, and uh, many of you might remember them. A few years ago, they uh, uh, were hung out with us for quite a while when they were on furlough, and so uh, maybe you can uh, What year was that, you guys? 2010. Holy cow, it's been seven years ago. That, wow, that is crazy. So, uh, well, tell us a little bit about your family right now, where the kids are at and everything that's going on.
1: I've got three of my kids over here, wave guys. There they are over there in there the they are. cheap sheets. Over Welcome
0: there. the kids. Yay,
1: <laughs> we're glad you guys are here. Um, Josh, Jesse, and Jimmy is on the outside over there, and Jenny's not here. She's got class tomorrow, and, and we left her with her grandparents down in Oklahoma. But yeah, we've been working with uh, the church here for, for several years, since the very beginning of our ministry, almost 22, 23 years ago. So it's been, it's been good, and it was good to be here uh, back seven years ago, and it's good to be back today. And we were back, I think, once between then, but it's, it's good always to be back with y'all.
0: Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about where you are ministering at and, uh, and kind of the nature of that ministry, What's your are well, down Honduras. We
1: went all the way to Honduras, which isn't very far. If, you, if you've been to Mexico, uh, which the team was recently, you just keep going down three countries either side. You either go down past Guatemala and Belize or Guatemala and El Salvador, and Honduras is the next big country after Guatemala. And we're in the capital city,
0: Tegucigalpa. So what was the, kind of the, again, kind of the nature of your ministry? What did you do there? What's kind of your main focus as you're trying to reach people there?
1: You want to do this one? Okay. For (laughs) 19 and a half years, um, we worked in the Capitol and thought we were probably going to, you know, retire working in the Capitol there. Um, But then things got mixed up. We had a terrible car accident, and we ended up working two and a half years on the North Coast. Um, and, uh, yeah, now we're back in Tegus again. So we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But, yeah, it's been a, a neat time. We, we were able to help start a church there in um, the late 90s and then also a second church in Tegus. And then we've started a third church on the north coast and excited to go back and start more uh, uh, Bible studies and hopefully more churches in, in Tegus, as we move forward.
0: Right. So what year did you guys begin down there? When did you go down there initially? 95. 1995, yeah. 1995, okay, cool. So, what what are some of the things you've seen God doing recently in your ministry down there? you want to do that one?
1: Okay. <laughs> Emily,
0: you're going to get a good one here. Okay. Uh, well,
1: we see God at work in changing people's lives, and that's exciting. And one of the neat things about being in, in kingdom work is you get to see people's lives change. Uh, but w- we didn't really expect... To be us, but but you know, God saves everybody and eventually um, and and He did He does help us and saves us every day, but we did have this terrible car accident and and He went walked through that with us and, and held our hands and we had no idea how we were gonna survive and if we were gonna survive, but He got us through that. Not only did He get us through that, but He used that terrible tragedy in our lives to start another church and just to see Him do that use us as we were humbled and 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 very, um, broken. He used us to, to his power was, was happening all around us and through us. And, and, and there was a church started and, and many people were baptized and, and lives were changed. And it was really just because he's amazing and,
0: wow. and, and saved us. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when that happened, we were yeah. talking about that here and praying for you guys. Yeah. So that's a, that's we a appreciate big that. Deal. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, From our vantage point here in America, you know, we we probably don't really understand all the challenges you guys face. And to some extent, we we probably glorify, you know, like, oh, how cool it is, all the things that they do. You know, we go on down missions trips, and it's like, wow, look at all the things that these people do. But what are some of the challenges that you all face um, when you're serving down there? Well, one of the challenges is
1: distances. Um, when we want to travel in the U.S., we, we joke about, you know, whose car are we going to ruin? You know, because we're going to be driving 5,000 miles, 6, 7, 8,000 miles on a furlough. I think the car that we're borrowing from a sweet family in in uh, Springfield, we've already put uh, 6,000 miles on it. Um, but the miles in Honduras are closer together and, har- and farther apart at the same time, because there's just hills and valleys yeah. and roads and potholes and everything else. And uh, we... Uh, in addition to the miles we 've been having a, we're trying to build this retreat center that, where it 's going to be our, our house, so we don 't have to rent in Tegus anymore, but we were doing that while we were renting a house on the north coast so trying to build anywhere is hard and trying to build by remote control is almost extra hard and then when you 're trying to do that in Honduras with the you know, the good thing is that the the internet and the communications are better my uh, i mean things have changed so much in the last ten years my uh, uh, laborers in Tagus, my uh, uh, Masons there, have uh, WhatsApp, and I can actually send them a, a picture message. They send me a picture message. They show me a drawing that he's done on a piece of plywood, and I said, okay, I understand what you're saying, and then I go order more bags of cement or whatever. So it's the, it's the remote control part of it that's, that's possible now, but it's very tricky and hard, and, and you don't know what you're going to get until you show up, and it's like, oh, that's what you were saying. So that's been kind of difficult. The... Um, as far as culturally, in the North Coast, it was hot, and we had too much heat. In Tegus, it's really wet right now, and, and you get too much mold, and you got to keep things aired out. So there's some things that happen. You know, We don't have hot water right now. If you come shower at our house right now, we don't like, we're going to get some solar or something going. But right now, if you shower at our house, you'll be singing a high note in the morning. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I always I always start singing the uh, it's a hard knock life for me and you know, <laughs> I'm showering in that cold water but it's it's fun it's when the mountains it's it, you, people come down with their shorts and like can we wear shorts it's like you won't want to I was like oh I need to wear shorts and they get there like I should have bought warmer clothes but it, it is not what you think uh, yeah. when you're down there it's not so hard it's really nice
0: I remember when we were at your place uh, years ago and uh, it was the first time I showered with an electrical line coming into the shower yeah. for the little inline heater yeah. and all that we haven't got that this does line. not look safe <laughs> but. You know,
1: we miss that electrical line now. <laughs> we get hooked <laughs> yeah. up soon, yeah. but <laughs> yeah,
0: really. Uh, what have been uh, some of the things? Maybe something that's been most rewarding lately. I know you mentioned, you know, how seeing God work through that wreck. But has there been something else that you've seen that just? So rewarding.
1: I, I'm, my kids are here, and I don't want to embarrass them, but it's it's just been rewarding watching them grow up and and love jesus and 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 want to follow him uh and Jesse is uh studying to be a doctor pray for her she 's got some really hard classes. Uh, Jenny is studying to be a nurse now, and through the accident and being at the hospital, it wasn't just like, yeah, maybe I want to do that they got to actually get in and get their hands you know uh, uh wet in a, in, a, in a literal sense. Jesse was the kind of in charge at several different times of the uh the wound care and the, uh, what do you call it, the rehab and all that. She got to do some of that, and both Jesse and Jenny got to, to look at surgeries and be in there and, and, and assisting in surgeries as, as circulating tools or, or just sterilizing bandages or whatever it is that they needed done. They were able to do a lot of that, and so that was fun. Uh, the boys um, both love Jesus and are just uh, make me proud every day, and, and it's a chance to see that and see how they do ministry alongside us, and that's been rewarding.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's cool. So out of that wreck, you mentioned a you know, church was planted, but it also sounds like, uh, at least with the girls maybe, kind of changed the trajectory of their life, you know, what their passion was. That's awesome. That's wow. great, yeah. It's cool to see how God works like that. It is.
1: That. It's just been amazing. Yeah.
0: Um, now, uh, when we talk about the people down there that you work with, the Hondurans, um, what what are some of the greatest needs that you see for them that really create opportunities for ministry, I know, but what are some of those needs? that? Yeah, I think the
1: the non-Christians down there, you know, their felt needs are all about their, their physical situation, whether they need a water project uh, in the area we're working in Tagus, where they need a bridge for the area we're working down there. But beyond that, they also have those same needs that, that we have, you know, family problems with, with high rate of, of father absenteeism and, and just um, families that get split up because some people go uh, illegally to the states and then send money back. And it's not the same thing to get a Get some money out of Western Union than to have your father there, and things like that, so one thing that we as a church try to do is is promote fatherhood, promote uh, good good families uh, strong um, strong brothers and sisters and strong uh, mothers and fathers and, and try to um, really focus on on raising their children and not just turn their children over to the schools or the government but to to really focus on that so that 's one thing that as church planners we can we can do is is help that, that area out and, and just pray for us because we've got to you know plan these retreats and get people to to show up and then it, the churches all need elders and they need uh, servers and they need ministry leaders and, and it's just um, it's a big challenge and, and, and they need they need you know people that are gonna show be leaders in their families and be leaders in their in their homes and wherever
0: they are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so right now you're stateside and you are missionaries on campus at Ozark Christian College, right? Cool. So, yeah, what what does that involve? What do they have you guys doing there?
1: You want to do that one? Okay, I'll try Oh, that yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, well, yes, we're staying on campus. They have a missionary residence, a nice home behind the dorms. And uh, we have a really large living room so kids can come over and study or just play board games if, if they have free time. Um, we also get to teach in class. Uh, Jim teaches missions in Latin America, and I teach intercultural life for women. Um, we we really enjoy teaching those young people. They have really great questions, and and are pretty bright over there at Ozark. We recommend you send your kids over there when they get big enough to go study. Yeah, cool. The, uh The profs at Ozark, it's been great to meet some of them and get to know them a little more And I know some of them personally from before and others I've just met But the sacrifices that they make and they're really really top-notch people and the the fact that they're there And I know what they're making. I have a pretty good idea what they're making and it's not Very much and a lot of them have to have you know Two people working just to make it happen and usually the one that's not being paid at Ozark Gets paid more than the one that is Mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's a sacrifice and they're sharp sharp as tacks and uh, really neat people. And uh, the kids are really, I mean, I never met that, uh, that big a group of polite people in my life. They're very, very, very kind, very polite, very good-hearted uh, uh, young people there. It's,
0: a, it's been a blessing to, to meet them. Cool. Good. Well, there's no doubt that you guys bring so much experience and wisdom from you know being out on the in the mission field for so long and i'm not calling you old i'm not i'm not calling you old because i'm about right there with you guys but uh but i think it's awesome even some of our own kids here you know i know have sat underneath you guys and listened and been able to touch base i remember my daughter whenever she texts me one day do you know jim and terry riley <laughs> like yes i know them very well so anyway so we we are honored to be able to be a part of uh, your work down in honduras and uh, very thankful that you've uh, given your lives to that service and, uh, and, and and we're very thankful that you took time to come and join us today and just let us uh, hear a little bit more about uh, what God's doing down there. So
1: It's great to be here and we're going to be out in the lobby and uh, we're headed back to Honduras at Christmas time so when you're opening presents remember we're back in Honduras and pray for
0: us and we'll be praying for you too. Cool. Right. Well would you appreciate the Riley's all three campuses? Let's appreciate them. um yeah, they've uh, it's it's been it's so good to have them with us and and as I mentioned earlier, you know, I have got, got to go down there a couple times and and be a part of their work and it's it's been good to to see what God's doing down there. Uh Jake and Aaron Moore are two uh, other uh missionaries, a, a couple who serves with their kids in Ethiopia that we've supported for a long time and and here just recently we got an opportunity to catch up with Jake and uh let him shoot a video, just kind of give us an update of what God is doing in Ethiopia. So check this out real quick.
2: Hey, First Church family, it's Jake Moore. Uh, My wife and I, Erin, have been serving in Ethiopia for the last 11 and a half years with Christian Missionary Fellowship International. Erin and I and our three kids, Aiden, Gwyneth, and Shay, have been serving on the church planning team in Ethiopia, working with the Gumus people. The Gumus people, they're an unreached people group of Ethiopia. They were a marginalized tribe that lived out near the Sudanese border. And they were an unreached people group, meaning they didn't have the gospel prior to us living and ministering uh, to them and serving in those communities. It was because of First Church's partnership with us that we were able to go and be in Ethiopia, living among the Gumus people for the last 11 years. When we moved to Ethiopia back in March of 2006, Aiden was just two years old, our son. Gwyneth was two months old, and we didn't have Shea yet. She came along a little bit later. Uh, there, Aiden is now 13, Gwyneth is 11, and Shea is seven. And they've been able to witness God's mighty work along with Aaron and I among the Gumu's people. In the last 11 years, we've planted 10 churches among the Gumu's people. We've also had the opportunity to serve thousands of people and to save countless lives through our clinic that we had out in the area where we lived, in an area called Yom. Thanks to the partnership that we have with First Church, we've been able to serve these people and to show in a very practical way God's love to the people in Yom and the surrounding villages. And it's been amazing to see how Jesus Christ has transformed lives in Yom and in so many other villages. Just this last Easter, we had a really cool opportunity. We had a big gathering uh, with believers from the surrounding churches in our county and we baptized 54 new believers. It was an amazing thing to see. We had so many people lined up to be baptized that the two guys who were in the river that we had delegated to, to baptize folks, There was no way that they were going to be able to work through baptizing all the people, so me and two other guys got in, and we were baptizing folks four or five at a time. It was a very special and powerful thing to be a part of and to see. Soon after that, a couple weeks later, I was meeting with a government official, a non-Christian, over the county, and he was talking to me about Yom and how different it was. He said, seven years ago, before you guys came and moved into that area, Yomp was a bad place. All of the men, they walked around with their guns, their klashnikovs, and with bows and arrows, and they were constantly shooting and killing each other. They were stealing women from one clan and taking them to another. He said, but in the last seven years, the whole area has completely changed. The guys that used to carry the guns are now walking around carrying Bibles. This is a non-Christian guy telling me about it. He said, What did you do, why is it different? And I got the opportunity to tell him that it doesn't have anything to do with me, that has everything to do with the transformative power of the gospel, of what it means to follow Jesus, that it brings life change and community change. Yom is a different place because God allowed us to be there partnering with him in the work. And we were able to be in Ethiopia serving the Gumus people of Yom because First Church was there alongside of us, supporting us through prayer and helping us financially. So I want to thank First Church for helping us over the last 11 years to be ministers among the Gumus in Ethiopia. Thank you, First Church, for your help and your support.
0: Yeah. It was so good to be able to get to sit down with them and just hear what uh, God has been doing through them. And, you know, you got to get a taste of it there. I love this story about Easter, 54 baptized and the testimony of the uh, government, government official of, of the change that's happened in that area. And, and it is so good to be a part of a church that supports People like them, uh, Jake and Aaron and the Rileys and others who are going out and taking the gospel, taking the love of Jesus into places that are so uh, in in desperate need for that and uh, needing to experience His love and His grace and and forgiveness and hope. Hope, (laughs) that's what so many of them need. And, and what we are a part of is not anything uh, different. It's what the, what God has called His church to be a part of from the very beginning. If you go to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it's that verse that we run to often when we talk about missions where Jesus is about to ascend into heaven and He's talking to His disciples one last time and He, and he tells them this there in Acts 1, 8, but you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and, and to the end of the earth. Maybe you hear the progression in that. And you're, gonna, you're gonna start in Jerusalem, there's this local community that you're in, and then it's gonna go Judea and Samaria, kind of the surrounding territories, and then then you're gonna be my witnesses even beyond that, to the very end of the earth. And and that is what we are a part of. We continue to be that kind of a church, wanting to continue to reach out and 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 reach lost people and take hope to a place, to a world that is in such a desperate need for hope. And so it is so good, again, it is so good to be a part of a church that sees that as part of our mission, and the mission is not done. Sometimes I think we get this idea in, in the church today, maybe in the American church today, that, well, we, we've probably reached most people in the world, right? I mean, uh, you know, look at technology, you look at how many missionaries keep getting sent out and everything, And but, you know, there's a statistic out there, that there, there's lots of statistics when it comes to unreached people groups and how many people don't know Christ yet out there, and uh, one of the highest numbers numbers that I've seen recently is that there are still as many as 41% of the world's population that are considered unreached. 41%. (laughs) The job's not done. There's still such a great need for us to continue to to send people out, to be a sending church. What does that look like? What does it look like to be ascending church? Uh, I, I want us to just kind of tackle that a little bit. As we, as we are a part of this mission to, to go to the end of the earth, to take the gospel to the very end of the earth, wherever God calls us to, what does that look like? What does it, what does it mean to be ascending church? And I think one of those things is that we need to be a church that's involved with financial support. We're, we're, we're going to be a church that's involved with financial support. And, and First Church, quite honestly, we have a, a long history, probably from the very beginning of this church, that, that was, that's been who we are. We are a church that's, that, that financially supports. We, we are a financially sending church as we, we support so many out in the field that are taking the gospel to places. Paul, whenever he was ministering, whenever he was going from city to city, the Apostle Paul, it, it was, uh, he would... would um, from time to time received from churches that were supporting him. One of the probably the most uh, well-known, is the Philippian church. They were probably uh, maybe considered the most uh, generous church that uh, reached out to him. And over in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, uh, he commends them. Actually, in that whole section there in Philippians 4, and he begins by just saying this to them, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. And, and he, then he goes on to the text. We'll touch on it here in a minute. Uh, but he goes on to the text and just to com- commend them for their financial generosity. And in that time, especially whenever other churches weren't supporting him. And here he just wants to say, you, you showed concern. When we give financially to, to missionaries, those who are out in the field, we, it is one way we show them that, hey, we... We are concerned. We, all want, we want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to support what you're doing for the kingdom. Again, here at First Church, we, we, have this, we have a long history of of supporting people, and, and we have a team uh, here at First Church. Part of our, our missions team, our outreach team, is is specifically for that reason. We, we call them the spending team, right, matter of fact, because their efforts are put forth in just taking the, the finances that are set aside to go into missions and outreach work. Their, their mission is to utilize those funds to be most effective to get the greatest impact out of it. Right now, we currently, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10% of our uh, financial giving that comes into the church, income that comes into the church, goes back out in, uh, in missions work and supporting financially those who are out in the field. So that's somewhere in the ballpark of $200,000 that, that that team manages and then sends out so that it can be used to reach more People, So here's some of the ones that, that we, uh, actually this is a pretty exhaustive list of everybody that, that is supported uh, here at First Church. Number one, and these are both local and global. We'll start with the PRC, the Pregnancy Resource Center. You know, we we again that 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 ministry launched out of First Church. All right, it 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 came out, of it birthed out of here, which is awesome. And and it's awesome to see how God continues to bless it, and we continue to support them. Then there's the Rileys down in Honduras that we've supported for a long time, the work that they're doing. The Moors that you just watched the video of, we support them. There's the H family. All right, we we say the H family because they're in the Middle East, and quite honestly, they're in a place that's hostile to the gospel, and so we have to protect their name. And uh, but but. Uh, Uh, He, the husband, came out of our church, and, and they're serving and doing great work where they are at. The Williams up in Oregon, Jennifer uh, up there, Jacob and Jennifer came out of this church, Jennifer Ackerman. Uh, the Zlomkeys over in Thailand, both came out of here. Uh, uh, the Wilmoths uh, Matt uh, up in New York, he came out of this church. Uh, the Penningtons are with OMF, it's a missions organization. They're, they're right now, they're based in in Colorado Springs where uh, uh, they're serving there. And uh, both of them came out of this church and we continue to support them and the work that they're, that they're doing. The Bill is just this... Past year, we uh, maybe if you were here and you remember, we brought them up on stage. Young couple, many of you know that and love them. And, and we brought them up, we sent them out, uh, prayed over them, sent them out, and they're in Italy right now. And we continue to support them, Kelsey Coleman. Uh, uh, used to be Kelsey Saylor, and now she's married down at uh, University of Texas and, and doing campus work down there. And we support her. Rhett Johnson, he and his wife are up in New Hampshire again. Young man that came out of this church. just graduated recently. Uh, just graduated from Mozart this past year. Now he's up at uh, Movement Church up in New Hampshire, a place that so much needs the gospel. And uh, so we're, we're supporting Rhett in the time that he's up there. Plus, we support Movement Church. All right, That's a church there in New Hampshire where uh, Josh Atzit, Mark Papp, uh, two of our guys used to be here, and now they're up there. And we, we We support them, and we support what God's doing there through that church, and great things are happening there. Uh, Cooks and Hills Children's Home, all right, Uh, right here in Oklahoma, uh, does an incredible work with uh, at-risk teens or kids, and uh, does a, a lot to to uh, show Christ's love into their lives. Some of them come out of very rough uh, places in life, and uh, we support them and send teams over there. I know our seniors go over there from time to time to serve and help, and and so it's exciting to to be able to partner with them. then there's the Carbonellas over in uh, the Philippines. We've supported them for a long time. We're doing a good work. Camp Siocamo, many of our kids go to camp over Alabama. Matter of fact, right now we have senior hires that stay the night there at their event and they're doing some things this morning. They'll be coming back this afternoon, but uh, a lot of good things happen out the camp. We support them. Mid-India Christian Mission, uh, we uh, again, we support them. And, and they've got some really great things happening what they're doing with kids and building schools. And one of the things happening in India right now is that they are uh, beginning to really clamp down on outside funding uh, for ministry. And, uh, and so what they're working on right now is trying to get to a place where they are self-sufficient uh, within the country of India, which is very difficult, And but that's what they're trying to get. So, so they're looking ahead at what they perceive could be happening to, to them there, and, uh, but continue to do uh, just a great work. Uh, there, uh, There's focus campus ministry at OSU and Stillwater uh, where Drew Moss is uh, serving. We've been a part of uh, their work for a long time, working with campus students. Uh, and then we also, within our uh, outreach uh, funding, there are Bible College scholarships that come out of that. Uh, for students who come up through our ministry here that hear uh, the call and, and feel that that's where God's leading them to go, we, we support them in that and we help fund them. Right now we have 13 students who are at Ozark Christian College that we're supporting, 13 uh, for some time now, we've been one of the top ten churches in sending students to Ozark, and uh, and and we support them financially. We want them to know your church is behind you, and we look forward to see what God's going to do in your life because out of them comes the next Jim and Terry, comes the next Aaron and and Jake, you know, and and ready to go out and maybe they're going to be on a stage, maybe they're going to be a Sunday school teacher, maybe they're going to be an elder. Maybe, we don't know where God's going to put them and use them, but. But we want to be a part of their development and preparation for ministry. And then there's, of course, uh, special support that happens. Uh, throughout the year as people have uh, mission opportunities and and they need that support and uh, sometimes those are many times those people from within the church they uh, God presses upon them that they need to go do something in mission field or uh, go somewhere and and, uh, sometimes even people outside the church has a need and our team is there to to step inside and step And look at whatever it is that that uh, opportunity that they're a part of and ask you know is this something that lines up with our values as a church is this something that that is gonna indeed take the gospel somewhere or help in some way of facilitating that and and so they make sure that happens and and so it's it's again just in this last year. Remember, uh, just a few months ago, we we sent special contribution to IDES, International Disaster Emergency Services whenever the hurricanes came. Uh, and so we sent special funding there. Ozark Christian College had a special need, and we we spent special funding there for that. And so we also do that as well. It is it is good to know. <laughs> it is good to know, church, where where and who we are supporting, right? Um, so that you can be praying for them. I love what our team has done here recently. We've seen them at all three campuses. Hopefully you've seen the banners that we've put around our, our facilities. And, and they've been rotating those between all three campuses. So you can kind of see which ones are, are, are where, who we're supporting. And so I, I hope that you take a, a moment as you come into our facilities just to pause and look. You can also go to the website and you can see this list and see the, the people that, uh, that we're supporting. And know who they are. Know where Uh, Our funding is going and and know what this church is a part of around the globe as we strive to take the gospel to the end of the earth. So we're a financially supporting church. But we're also, what else, uh, another thing that a, a sending church looks like is that we look like a church that offers prayer support prayer support. Um, we talk about want to be a praying church. One aspect of being a praying church is that we need to pray for those who we're sending out. We need to be praying for, for them to, to be able to take the gospel into places where uh, God has called them to go. And, and on a number of occasions, Paul uh, asked the churches to pray for him while he was going out, while he was going to church to church and planting churches. And over in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, this is what he says in his letter to the church there in Ephesus. He says, And pray also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in change, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak And so one of the things we ought to be praying for, for uh, our missionaries, is for boldness. That when they find themselves in an opportunity to share the gospel, that they have the boldness to open their mouth and and to step through that door of opportunity that God's put in front of them. And, And in a way, that is telling them, hey, we're here for you. You're not alone. And we lift them up and we pray for boldness for them. Over in Second Thessalonians, Paul there writing to the church in Thessalonica. In verse 1, here, here's what he asks for there. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. I think one important aspect of our prayers ought to be God's preparatory work. That before somebody even sets foot on the ground of a nation, of a country, of a tribe that they're going to go minister to, that God is already preparing the hearts of the people who are there, that they'd be receptive to the gospel. And we need to be praying about that and praying for that for our missionaries, people in the field over in Romans, when Paul's writing there in, verse, in chapter 15, verse 30, here's, here's what he requests there. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. I like the imagery that he gives us there. He's asking them to, to pray along with them, to strive. He says, strive with me in this. And, and it really speaks to this whole idea. That this is through our prayers. We come alongside of them. And it, it's speaking to a competition, an athletic competition, to strive alongside somebody. And when we pray for our missionaries, again, we're telling them, you're not alone. We're in this with you, and we want to strive alongside of you. We recognize that the—and the, 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 here's what Paul was recognizing, that he was going to face some opposition that he was going to face resistance. And specifically, he knew that he was going to be going to Jerusalem sometime later and that, that, that indeed he was going to face that resistance. And he says, hey, strive with me in, in prayer that, that God would push through and that, that his way would be made known. And so he prays for them to come alongside. And, and I, in, a, in one way, that is a recognition that we, we see that the battle that we're in is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, against spiritual forces, and and we can do spiritual damage against evil if we'll pray. And if we'll pray for God to work and move in, in mighty ways as these missionaries that are being sent out, as they go into places that are many of which are indeed hostile to the gospel or not very receptive to the gospel, and We pray alongside of them. We strive with them that, that, uh, that God would do great things through them. And so we pray for them to have that boldness. We pray that God would walk with them and, and we go to battle with them on our knees. I think it's interesting. Today, uh, November 5th, is uh, the, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. You know, in this context, we're talking about praying for missionaries, but many believers around the world are in places, they may not have the title missionary over their head, but they, they are followers of Jesus who, who have a desire to take the gospel to hurting people, and what they are getting met with is indeed persecution. Right now, uh, maybe you've seen this on headlines, but uh, today in this, today, Christians are being persecuted more today than any other time in history. Persecution is, is rampant. You see it on the news. Sometimes they, that makes it the news. But it's, it's rampant. The, the people, the uh, people groups that are coming against the gospel. And so this day has been set aside. Interna- this International Day of Prayer has been set aside to just pray for the persecuted church. Prayer, there's such power in prayer. If, if we as a church, if God's people around this globe would, would just go to God and implore to God and strive with those who are hurting, strive with those who are taking the gospel, uh, we might be amazed what God will do through prayer. So we want to be financially financially supporting church, a, a prayer praying supportive church. But also the last thing is this: we, as a sending church, we want to be a, a sending support type of a church, a sending support type of church. Now you might think, well, that kind of sounds kind of weird. You know, uh, what are we talking about? Here's what I'm talking about: there, we need to be a church that doesn't just send our money, uh, we don't just send our our prayers, but we send our people. We send our people. What I love about that list that we just went through of all the people that we support is how many of them have been sent from here. There are young people that are, that are out there that grew up here and, 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 and were sent out, and they're out in the field, and, they're, and uh, the majority of that list that I, uh, that I read off that you saw on the screens are from this church, and that, that needs to continue to be the drive of this church, whether it be full-time missionaries, those who are going out and, and giving their life to it, or, or even, even those short-term opportunities where we have an opportunity to, to go and to serve and, and to be helpful to those who are out in the field. Again, going back to Paul and and his experiences, if you look back over in Philippians chapter 4, when he's commending the church there in Philippi for their support, you go to verse 18, and here's what he says in verse 18. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. There's that financial gift we talked about earlier that that he's commending them for. A fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And what he's identifying there is Epaphroditus was the one who brought the gift. What was Epaphroditus doing? Epaphroditus was on mission. Epaphroditus was on mission as he who got to be the one to take the gift down to them and share that with Paul and to continue to advance the the gospel. I hope that if you have an opportunity that God puts in front of you, that, that you'll take that opportunity to go on mission wherever that might, may be, that may be stateside, that may be international, but that you would see an opportunity, the opportunities that God puts in front of you, and, and take that opportunity and go be used, and you can go and be a, 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 an encouragement to those missionaries that you go and serve with. That's what we strive to be. I know uh, some teams, there may be more work than they are encouragement whenever they show up for a missionary, but that's our intent when we go. We want to we go into those places and, and just say, hey, we're here to be used, and you tell us what to do. And so if you see those opportunities, whether it's one that is sponsored here at First Church, and we have several that will be, that'll be coming up in 2018. Uh, I know we've got a team that will be going back to Mexico for sure, and there's others that are in the works. And, and I hope that you will just, you'll see those opportunities and that you will prayerfully consider whether God is sending you, wanting to send you to a place where people are hurting, people are in need, and they they need to experience God's love. Just over the last year, we've supported several who have gone individually uh, on on mission. Sam Parker, one of our students, went to China, and we supported him over the summer as he got to go work with uh, students in China. Tara Dressler, one of our young ladies, went to Nicaragua and got to do good work down there. And then there was Sam McCullum. Any of you know Sam around here? Sam just has a heart for missions. He loves it. He's ate up with it. And uh, we we supported him going to, to China. And if you find an opportunity that God puts on your heart that, hey, you want to go on mission, that there's, there's a, a need out there that you can go and help with. Maybe it's a medical mission and you're able to, to do that, or maybe it's an English translation mission and you've got that expertise, or, or whatever. Maybe it's just a serve mission and you can shovel cement, alright? That needs to be done too. But if you find one that you feel God's leading you to be a part of, I encourage you to talk to our team. Get a hold of our team. Get a hold of that uh, Michael Zlomke and others who who lead up that team, and and we'd love to, to look at that opportunity and see if that's one that this church, again, can be a part of so that we can continue to be ascending church. Because that's our history. That's who we are. That's how we're wired. That's, that's how the early church was wired. And that's how we strive to continue to emulate that, that first church, to be ascending church. And so uh, here's what I want to ask you to do is just continue to be in the know. Continue to be in the know. Continue to know who we support here so that you can support them, so that you can pray for them. And I, I again, encourage you to continually pray for our missionaries who are out there, who are serving and being used by God. Be in the know. Be in prayer, that part and second part. Be in prayer. Take that time. Uh, go Go to the website and just pray through the people on the website. And then finally, go. Just Go. Send yourself. Allow God to send you somewhere to be used. And what you always find, and I've always discovered this, is I go with an intent to go and be a blessing to the, to the missionaries and share with them. Man, I get it back tenfold. Such a blessing to be able to go do that. So again, we continue to carry out Acts one eight. We continue to be a part of taking the gospel to the very end of the earth. We, we're called Take the gospel to lost people. That starts right here in Owasso. You don't have to go to Honduras. You don't have to go to Haiti. You don't have to go to Mexico. Every one of us, as a sending church, we are recognizing ourselves as being sent. You are sent to your home, to your neighborhood, to your place of work, to your community, to your team, to your class. Wherever you find yourself, that is a place where you've been sent. And you've been sent to take the gospel, to take hope to people who so desperately need it. Let's continue to be a sending church, all right, church? Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, we, we pray, God, that you would continue to send us out. God, we're thankful that we're able to be a part of a church body who, who recognizes that call that you've placed on us as, a, as, a, as your body, the body of Christ here, that cr- collectively and corporately, we, we can participate in, in the sending forth of your people and, and spreading the gospel to the end of the earth. But God, help us, help us each one to see our own role in that. Help us not to just see that as somebody else's job, but God, help us to see the opportunities that you put in front of each one of us every day to be used to change lives. And so God, continue to use this church to make a difference in our own communities, but even around the world. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.